You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. This is special. You know, regardless of how this game goes, we're going to play the best we can. I hope we can win. Uh, regardless how this game goes, this is a special time for Nebraska. Uh, there's some big things coming this week. Game day hasn't been here in 10 or 12 years. Um, this is a good opportunity to highlight our program, the direction the program's going, the improvement we've made, the path that we're on. It's going to be great to get a na- some national attention in here in Lincoln. You know, for us, our job is to perform on Saturday. That's what we're here to do. Um, all that other stuff is for entertainment, and that's a great thing for college football. That's a great thing for this program. So we got to do our job, and we got to focus on watching film focus on practicing hard and focus on executing on Saturday. That's all that matters. Everything else, like I said, doesn't matter. It's all illusion. I like being underdog. You know, we got to come in and we got to practice fast. We have to practice hard. You know, like like you did say, it's a big game, but also it's just a football game. But we got to come out and play our, our ball. And welcome here to this edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robert Washett, Nate Klaus. And you heard it there from Scott Frost. He didn't beat around the bush. It's a big week in Lincoln, guys, as – College game day back for the first time since 2007. Um, it, it's just been a long time since Nebraska's had a game. And, and you could argue they kind of backdoored their way into getting college game day. There's not a lot of great games going on um, around the weekend. Um, I think this was the game that they probably pre-circled hoping Nebraska would be 4-0. When Nebraska's 3-1, and not ranked. Um, but there really aren't any other good plan Bs. And they said, you know what, let's go to Lincoln. And let's go back there for the first time since 07. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with the direction they think it's going with Scott Frost and 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 where it's going to go in the future, but it's a tall task. Nebraska now nearly a 18 point underdog for Saturday's game with Ohio State. This is a Buckeye team, guys. That's looked nearly unstoppable through the first four weeks. But I'll argue this back: Who have they played? You know, their non conference schedule. Their best games were Florida Atlantic and Cincinnati. And then they played at Indiana. So they have not been on the road in a tough environment, and they have not played a legitimate Power 5 opponent. So I still think there's a lot that we need to learn about Ohio State. I know they're a good team, Robin, but um, this will be interesting to see how they react in a different type of setting. Yeah, on paper, they're probably the best team in the Big Ten, but uh, they just haven't been challenged all that much. Now, Cincinnati, was they're a decent team. They're probably going to win or at least challenge to win their conference. And, um, you know, a lot of people are projecting them as a, a dark horse, even for the college football playoff, given their schedule. But Ohio State quickly put an end to that. And, you know, they've looked like the team they're supposed to look like. But uh, not only is this going to be their first test, it's going to be their first ta- challenge on the road in prime time at night with the national spotlight on them against a Nebraska team that really has nothing to lose. And there's a lot of wild cards involved in that, and we've seen it before over the years. Memorial Stadium at night for a big game, it's different. Uh, I mean, just go back to 2014 Miami. I mean, that environment changed the course of that game where, um, you know, I don't know what the matchup maybe would have been in, in a neutral side or on the road, but Nebraska had an enormous advantage in that game with the crowd behind him. That crowd was as electric and hostile as I'd ever seen it. And so I would anticipate probably pretty close to the same. I mean, this is a game that Nebraska fans have been waiting for all year and the buildup, you know, with it being on game day, just over the course of this week, it's going to be special. And I love the fact that Scott Frost isn't hiding from it. You know, it's a fine line. You got to walk between, uh, you know, staying focused on the task at hand and preparing the same way you always do. But you also have to find a way to embrace this and make sure your players understand how special of an opportunity this is 
for your team and the future of your program that uh, if you can capitalize on this, I mean, it can change everything in, in a major way, especially, um, you know, with recruiting and even with the landscape of this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is it a tall task to win this game? Absolutely it is, but it's not impossible. We've seen Ohio State go on the road to Iowa a couple years ago and lose there at night. Um, they lost last year at Purdue at night. And I think this Nebraska team is, at, at, le at the very least, every bit as good as Purdue was last year. And I, I think it's safe to say they're probably better. And, um, you know, and Justin Fields, he's never been the starting quarterback in an environment like he's going to see uh, this, this weekend, Saturday night in, in Memorial Stadium. So, that, I mean, you, it's that no fear of failure deal. I think that you do – you have to embrace it and, and go out and, and go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I mean, you went toe-to-toe -to -toe with these guys – Last year, you, you came up a little bit short at their place. Uh, but I think, I think that game probably gives you a little bit of confidence. And, um, you know, we'll you know, just go out there and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I think you mentioned that Miami game, Rob. And I think that was a game Nebraska fans knew and felt they should have won. To me, what's different about this game is there is kind of a fan fear of failure right. here. No like doubt. there's an insecurity. You're not going to see a lot of Nebraska fans <laughs> smack talking uh, because Ohio State is a 17, 18-point favorite for Saturday's game. Um, so it's hard to be cocky right now and knowing what Ohio State's done and knowing how flawed Nebraska's looked at times. But the potential's there, and we saw what this team can be in the fourth quarter last week. I mean, Nebraska ran 98 plays at Illinois. That's the most plays they've run since they've been in the Big Ten. They wore down the Illini. The defense played well. I mean, there was a lot to draw off of where if Nebraska doesn't turn the ball over, they blow Illinois out in that game on Saturday last week. Yeah, that one shouldn't have been close. So that's, I mean, a key that I'm sure we'll get into later about uh, what they need to do to win this game. But if Nebraska can give the fans anything to cheer about, give them some, some positivity and some optimism and belief, that could really change the dynamic of this game. Because, you know, again, uh, you know, you got a quarterback who's never played in an atmosphere like this at Ohio State. And, you know, a lot of younger guys that, uh, you know, really just haven't experienced anything like this because there's not a lot out there like this, especially just giving the circumstances surrounding this game. So, I mean, I think as long as Nebraska can keep it competitive, that home field advantage is only going to continue to build the longer it stays close uh, into the game. Yeah, yeah, keep the crowd in it to get to halftime and, and still you know, have a competitive game and, and the crowd in it. I mean, that, that place, it's going to be just rocking. Um, you know, I'm sure that it will rival those games that we've talked about, the, the Miami games and Oklahoma going back uh, to whatever it was, 2011 or 2010 or whatever uh, that was. 2009, the, yeah, the game that the, the, the 10-7 10, 10, 10, yeah, game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a great atmosphere uh, with a – Michigan State, Mike Riley yeah, atmosphere. Michigan, yeah, that was too. I mean, and, that was a college football playoff team yeah, they beat that night. Yeah, and they were they were a top 10 ranked team that night too. So, yeah, I, I think as long as you can, you can keep the crowd in it, I mean, anything can happen. We've seen it. Um, you know, what, Clemson got beat by Syracuse, you know, a couple years ago. Um, I mean, I mean, anything can happen. So uh, it's it's going to be uh, a special deal all the way around. And Ohio State obviously has a lot more experience in these situations, winning these types of games. I mean, that's a huge edge. Now, Ryan Day has only been a head coach now for, what, uh, four games last – three games last year? Mm. Seven or eight games yeah. where he's been the head coach. Um, and he's been – he's not lost. These guys are undefeated. It's interesting the backgrounds too, um, you know how similar it is with him and Scott Frost, both um, with Chip Kelly ties. He worked with Chip Kelly in the NFL in New Hampshire, and Frost obviously with Chip Kelly at Oregon. So the guys 
were cut from the same cloth in, in that respect with what they believe in offensively. There's a lot of similarities, I think, to what the Buckeyes do on offense. But there's going to be a lot to talk about here, guys, as we get you ready for Saturday's Nebraska-Ohio State game. We're going to discuss basketball as well as opening night on Friday here. Lots of recruits coming in for basketball. Uh, Robin's going to give us the full lowdown on what we've learned about Fred Hoiberg's squad and how big this week is for them. So all of that's next here on this week's edition of the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Yeah, if he keeps playing like that, we got to try to create ways to make sure he touches the ball a certain amount of times. I don't know how many he can handle, uh, but he's going to make us better. It was just really time to let him off the leash, I can say. You know, I'm not saying he's a dog or anything, but at the end of the day, he's a dog. You know, I was, I was so happy I recruited him. I was like, yes, you know, we finally let him off the leash and let him play his ball, you know. That's what we were expecting. And welcome back here to the Husker Lions Show, the segment of the Husker Lions Show, brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill. With five locations in Omaha, one in Lincoln, get into any of those Tanner's locations to watch Saturday night's Nebraska-Ohio State game, all the college football action for that matter, and all the NFL action on Sat- on Sunday at any one of those Tanner's locations here in Omaha and Lincoln. But you heard Scott Frost, you heard Cam Taylor as well, talking about Wandell Robinson. It's time to let him off the leash, let him go. Um, and, and they did that on Saturday, Nate. I want to go to you on this because – you know, you've been around the Wandell as much as anybody as far as watching him at the All-American Bowl and studying him as a recruit. Not a surprise at all what he's done so far. I think the bigger surprise to me is it's taken four games for him to really break out like that. Yeah, that's the biggest surprise is that, you know, it's taken this long for him to really break out. I, I mean, there was never a doubt in my mind that he that's that's who he was. What we saw against Illinois is, is what Wandell Robinson can do. And, and actually, I think that's only a small bit of what he can bring to the table for Nebraska. And, uh, I think it just took a, you know, Cam Taylor mentioned that he's a dog. Well, you got to feed the dog to, uh, to, to watch him grow. And, and so I think it, all it took is for him to, to continue to get some touches, get some carries. And um, I mean, when's the last time Nebraska had a guy that dynamic as a true freshman on the sideline going, give me the ball. I want the ball. And when the game's on the line, I mean, he is a different dude. And he's going to be a lot of fun to watch and cover for, you know, the next three or four years. He's a different position, but it reminds me of Bobby Newcomb a little bit. Just when he came in as a freshman and was so dynamic and talented where he could do just about anything. Sorry, Robin, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. I was just going to follow up on on what Nate said and that not only the fact that uh, it was a true freshman doing it, but it just shows how far along he is. Uh, compared to other true freshmen. I mean, obviously, it's no secret that he's a special player. I mean, you don't have that recruiting profile for no reason. But to be that acclimated in a offense that you know, you've only been on campus for you know a handful of months and to not only know your role as a receiver, but to role, know your role as a running back and to be able to just interchange in, in the middle of a game and execute at that level, I think speaks volumes as to the type of player Wandale is not only physically but mentally as well. And you can see why the staff was uh, making him such a priority in the recruiting process. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washington, and Nate Klaus as we talk storylines for Saturday uh, that we're going to be watching for Nebraska. And, you know, Maurice Washington left that game with a, a concussion. He was also on a bad leg there. He kind of g- played gingerly on, on his, uh, was his left leg. Um, he was favoring quite a bit on Saturday. Um, but he has practice all week. And I'll be curious kind of what he looks like because if they're going to have a chance to win this game, 
They need Wondell Robinson. They need Maurice Washington. They need Adrian. They need everybody, J.D. Spielman, the four or five big guys all to be doing something in this game. Yeah, they need need them on the field, and they need them to be at their best because uh, this is an Ohio State defense that uh, is elite at all three levels. I mean, that defensive line is maybe the best in all of college football. Uh, the linebackers are excellent, and they have uh, NFL-caliber uh, defensive backs once again. Troy Walters this week said he exp- – he- thought there was at least five to six NFL draft picks on that defense alone, and that might be underselling it a little bit. Uh, And so just from that standpoint alone, you cannot afford to have any of those marquee players for Nebraska to be out or be limited or uh, to not be at their very best. Because, I mean, unfortunately, Nebraska's done a lot to revamp the roster, but as far as playmakers go and elite talent versus elite talent, they just don't have the numbers to match up with Ohio State. But the guys that they have – are game changers and they need all those guys get all all those game changers <laughs> uh to to be in the mix and like i said be be 100 yeah you, they're gonna need not just one or two of those guys is gonna be ohio state they're gonna need all of them and probably all of them on the field at the, at the same time playing at a high level uh, you just you know uh, you listened to sean becton earlier this week he said that ohio state's defense is faster and bigger than anybody that they've faced at every single position across the board uh, so far and and so I mean when you're when you're facing a team like that that he called kind of a, a throwback um, you know southern team SEC or ACC team with all that speed across the, their defense I mean you have to have playmakers that can do something in, in the open field and and uh, you know that's what Nebraska is going to need this weekend you're listening here to the Husker Alliance show as as we discuss more um, about this game, guys, and I, I think the start is so key for Nebraska. Last year at Ohio State, I love the mentality Scott Frost came at them with. They drove down, opening score, scoring drive touchdown. Then he was going to go right with the onside kick that should have been executed, and it wasn't. Um, like He didn't back down from Ohio State and Urban Meyer, and I think Urban Meyer now when you hear him talk about Scott Frost, like that got his respect. He has so much respect for Frost and what he's done here already. Um, so somehow in this game, I don't know how they do it, but they got to figure out a way to be the aggressor and not go in this game with the conservative. We're going to wait till you make the mistake. No, you got to go at Ohio State. You can't just expect them to, to fall back. Yeah, Nebraska's been very complimentary uh, in every aspect about Ohio State. But uh, one of the things that you know they've, they've mentioned is you can't go into this game being awestruck and think that, that you don't even belong on the same field as these guys because you you have that mentality you don't stand a chance whatsoever so uh, that was the difference I mean Muhammad Barry talked about it uh, on Monday was uh, in that game it was the first time that season they went into a game where they were underdogs but they expected to win they truly believed they could win that game and they played like it and again a lot of that comes down to a fast start you know getting a little bit uh, of confirmation that we actually can play with these guys and they aren't the greatest team ever assembled and um, we're just as good as they are as long as we do what we're supposed to do. So I think that is, once again, the message. I think what they did that week leading up to last year's Ohio State game is going to be carbon copy of what they're doing this week. I mean, you you got to know that, uh, yes, you got to respect your opponent, and they are extremely talented at every position, but they're not unbeatable. And if you do everything correctly, uh, you're going to have every bit of chance to, to pull off the upset. So, um I think a fast start is critical to kind of reaffirming that belief and then snowballing success off that. Yeah, fast start's key. And one thing I'm really looking forward to is seeing what type of wrinkles 
Frost is going to unveil? Because you know, last year I feel like they had a, they worked in a few new wrinkles against Ohio State, and it took them a while to to kind of uh, adapt to that. And and so I mean, I would be shocked if we didn't see some new formations or some new plays off of some things that they've done already or showed already this season uh, that that they're going to kind of unveil against Ohio State to try and have that early success. As we come back here, guys, uh, Nebraska basketball is going to be hosting a huge recruiting weekend as well. Um, and Fred Hoiberg going to have his opening night. It will, it will be a sold-out capacity crowd um, at the Pinnacle Bank Arena as it will almost be kind of a version of Midnight Madness. So uh, we wanted to give Robin some time to discuss uh, what's going on with Nebraska basketball as well as um, things are being set up here for a big season uh, with Fred Hoiberg in year number one. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Well, it, it couldn't have turned out any better uh, as far as uh, what we want to accomplish this weekend. Uh, we've got opening night. We've got game day coming to town. I was very fortunate. We're, I was part of game day at Iowa State when I was coaching there when we played Kansas, I think back in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. And there's just so many things that it does for your program, for your fans. We have a big recruiting weekend ahead, and they'll be able to see the facilities. They'll be able to see the support. Uh, they'll all be, be able to see our team. It, it really uh, turned into a, a big event on all fronts uh, and for a very uh, important weekend for us. So we're excited about it, and hopefully we can, uh, you know, we can show them a good time. And welcome back here to the Husker Line Show. Sean Callahan and Robin Washett now as we talk some Nebraska basketball. And I know it is a big football week, Robin, but I had to give you some time. This is a huge basketball week um, with this opening night. I want to get right to opening night first here. What is the story behind this? Like, how did they come up with this idea? Who gets the credit? And how did they get Rick Ross to come to Lincoln? Yeah. So uh, the they've done things on this same line of thinking before with, uh, you know, little scrimmages and player introductions and stuff what was like the that. Halloween one boo, boo hoops or something. So or? I don't, yeah. They did like trick or treating or something. Anyway. <laughs> so they've kind of just ho hummed it like over the past few years to where it was like really haunted hoops. Yeah. A, a shell <laughs> of what it potentially could be. Uh, as far as actually capitalizing on excitement going into a season. And, you know, they really just did a scrimmage and some contests and that was that. Well, now that Wilfred Hoiberg comes here, they blow it up from day one um, and go all out in really creating a quote-unquote mid- midnight madness um, scenario here where you're opening up not only the, the first debut of a new coaching staff and a completely new roster, but you're pairing it with a Grammy Award nominee hip-hop artist that's you know world-renowned in Rick Ross. So uh, they definitely went all in, and uh, fans ate it up. I mean, they sold the race, sold. They reserved, what, twelve over 12,000 tickets? I think 12,500 is, like, the capacity for it um, with the, the seats that are being taken up by the stage. And so the demand is clearly high. They, they weren't planning on opening up the 200, even 300-level seats, eventually had to just because the the tickets were getting claimed so quickly uh and so i mean this is going to be a a crazy environment and it's no coincidence that um they wanted to pair it up on the friday night before the ohio state game um you know capitalize on that excitement uh and do it at a time you know again seven o'clock on a friday night uh where people can actually make it and so you know they they did it right in about every aspect and uh, I don't know exactly how they got Rick Ross. There, there are some connections there um, with, obviously, Hanif Cheatham. Uh, he knows Drake and has met Rick Ross before. I don't think a player would have 
I mean, I'm just they, saying they paid Rick Ross. And Dwayne I mean, Wade, Dwayne Wade is uh, really good friends with Rick Ross, and obviously they're going to be up here for the game. And then Nebraska was willing to shell out a lot of money first and foremost. So you wouldn't know how much they pay Rick. I mean, no. fifty thousand at least. I would imagine it's not going to be like a full on concert, so it's not like his full uh, booking fee. But again, it's you know they got a nationally known act to come in here that you know there's gonna be a lot of people in the stands that have no idea any of the songs they're probably gonna think it's hip-hop hogwash but uh that doesn't matter because it's the uh, the concerts for the players and more importantly the recruits that are going to be in there for football and basketball so will they i mean will they have a stage out that they're going to wheel out during it or uh, it's pre-set up and that's why like uh, it's on the section where um my direction's all, but where like the, the media seating is and kind of that open that corner. Yeah. That, that open end, uh, that's, that's where it's going to be. So, uh, that's why the capacity's down a few thousand. And I'm sure if it would have been a, a full on arena, they would have sold all those t- or claimed all those tickets too. Yeah. What, a, as far as the basketball element of this, I mean, are you expecting much or is this kind of just like a, a layup show? And no, they're going to practice in the morning and that's like the real evaluation. And so the, the scrimmage is just going to be for the fans. You know, there's probably going to be a lot of donks and uh, not much defense and, you know, guys, you know, probably dribbling too much and <laughs> not really playing within any sort of system. But uh, it's, it's just kind of a, an appreciation for the fans. They'll do play introductions and uh, they'll do some three-point contests, dunk contests, some, something to that effect, some contests. Uh, and, you know, again, it's only a 20-minute scrimmage. They're not keeping stats. So uh, Fred Hoiberg himself said, I'm not using this as any sort of evaluation tool. Uh, it's for purely entertainment purposes only. As far as recruiting goes, there's a lot going on with the basketball end of it this weekend. If somebody's listening that just wants to know one or two key things, give that person just the one or two key things that they should be watching or following here with the recruiting element of opening night. Well, obviously, like I said, this was a big deal for them, uh, not only just for the event, but for for recruiting, just like it is for football. This is a huge weekend for them uh, and why they went to the lengths they did uh, to, to you know make this the, the event it is. So uh, they got four official visits in, um, two four-stars, Frank Anselm and uh, Will Breedenbach, two four-star 2021 recruits who – um, you know, both top 100 players, uh, and you know, the, they got a kid named Jordan Nesbit. Nesbit, he's a three star, used to be a four star, got dropped. Um, and then Tibet Gorner, who's a kid from Turkey who uh, just moved to the United States last year, uh, and has really emerged as you know, one of the top three point shooters in the 2020 class. And so, uh, those are the guys that you really need to focus on. They, they got several other, uh, un- unofficial visits, including Hunter Salas from up in Miller, Miller North, Kendall Brown, who's a four-star top 20 player. I think he's rated 18th in the country right now, uh, from Sunrise Christian Academy, um, Donovan Williams, obviously, and then, uh, even some top level kids from the 2022 class. But, you know, with basketball, the, the official visit is so important. You know, there's a lot of kids that take visits everywhere on unofficials, but you really know who the, 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 where the mutual interest is when kids spend one of their official visits. And so Frank Anselm, four-star, Will Breedenbach, four-star, and then, you know, the, the two other guards, uh, they're, they're going to get the full red carpet treatment this weekend. And uh, it would not surprise me if Nebraska, if they, if they don't get a commitment out of this, at least one, uh, they're certainly going to be in very good position going into the fall signing period. Now, there was a point, Robin, where Miles was recruiting at a higher level than Nebraska's been used to. Is this even way higher than that level as far as the kids they're bringing in 
Um, and and then the transfer differences too is probably where Hoiberg's going to make a big difference as well. Yeah, that's the thing. So the I mean, it remains to be seen about the the high school level because I mean Nebraska brought in four star top one hundred kids on official and unofficial visits, but uh, the difference was they couldn't get them. Uh, and so you know Fred Hoiberg obviously uh, hasn't done any of that yet either, but. I think that Nebraska's chances just they, they seem higher. I mean, I think there's just more clout with Fred Hoiberg. And I mean, you got guys like, you know, Matt Abdel Mossy and Armand Gates and even Doc Saller to an extent that uh, are you know, pretty good recruiters. And I, I think that that's going to help, you know, once they get him on campus, then Nebraska sells itself and then Fred Hoiberg sells himself. And so we'll see kind of how that plays out. But certainly with the work that they did right away in that six week span where they flipped the roster completely. And now going into the fall signing period, um, you know, they've already had some big visitor weekends, this one being the biggest. Uh, I think you're starting to see kind of the direction of where they want to take this recruiting. So they started with transfers, but eventually they want to get in on these elite level high school players. And so far they're, they're taking steps to do so. And then Robin, lastly, as you look at the, the players and the team on the court for Nebraska, what's the biggest thing you've learned um, now that we've seen and heard more about this team? Yeah, the talent is there. Uh, my biggest question is going to be how they respond to adversity. Uh, and that's you know, the, the case with any team, but especially uh, this situation with so many guys that are just still learning who each other are on and off the court. Um, and, you know, that's, I think, Fred Hoiberg's biggest worry is, you know, they're, they're good when things are going well. You know, they're, they're great when they're front runners. But what's going to happen when they lose a game or two and, you know, don't play well uh, during a, a difficult Big Ten stretch? Can they avoid things from getting out of hand? And will guys step up as vocal leaders and, and snap the locker room into shape? And um, Hanif Cheatham is a guy that's immediately emerged as one of those guys, but they need more. You know, they need two or three guys that um, are, are going to step up and have a voice. And that only comes with the season. And there's only so much they can do. They, they went through the program uh, like they did with, with football. Um, they went to Italy, obviously. And so they've done a lot to try and expedite that process this off season, but you know, like again, there's only so much you can simulate until you actually get put into the thick of it, uh, especially when the, the grind of the Big Ten and, and that December non-con schedule hits in. All right, it's going to be exciting night and weekend for Nebraska basketball as well. But we're going to shift now over to recruiting as Nate Klaus uh, will join us later in the show. We'll talk about Nebraska's recruiting. Uh, but when we come back. We're going to take your questions in the mailbag next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. You know, I, I think crowd energy is always a benefit for the defense, more so for the offense. I mean, the harder it is for an offense to communicate, the better it is for a defense. And, you know, that, that also reemphasizes how well we have to communicate because we want it to be as loud as possible. And we want to handle those issues with us communicating because it is harder for an offense. So we, we, we're looking forward to that. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, and Husker Online intern now Grace Harmon here, as you just heard from Barrett Root talking about the crowd noise and how he wants that to be a factor as a guy like Justin Fields hasn't played yet in a very tough environment as a young starting quarterback in college football, but he's looked outstanding here through four weeks. But it's time for the mailbag. Grace, what do you have this week to lead us off? All right, with everything going on this weekend, both in reality and in rumor, is this the most anticipated recruiting weekend since Bill Callahan's staff took over? I think it is. I mean, I, I think it, it's up there. I, I mean, there's been some that have rivaled this. Um, you know, there's been big home games over the last several years against Wisconsin and Ohio State, but the college game day hasn't been here since 
the 2007 USC game. And Nate, you could speak to that. That was one of the biggest recruiting weekends that that this program's ever had in terms of talent on campus. Yeah, between that 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 weekend and then I think the home opener that year. I mean, those were two of the bigger recruiting weekends that I can recall. Um, you know, in the last 15 to 20 years. So. And I think because there's obviously a natural parallel there between game day being here this coming weekend and, uh, you know, having been there in 2007. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say that it's been um, arguably the, you know, this will be the biggest weekend recruiting wise since that uh, 2007 year. Well, and they've had big events like the Friday Night Lights camps yeah. and stuff like that where they opened up the stadium and had a DJ and thousands of people showed up. But, you combine the game, the atmosphere, the, the Friday night before uh, with, mm-hmm. with the uh, opening night with basketball, Rick Ross and all that stuff, uh, college game day, just go down the list. I don't think there's anything, uh, at least certainly since I've been covering this team, that's 2008, that comes close to rivaling everything that's going on with this weekend. All right, we'll kind of stick with the theme of recruiting. Robin, do you have any potential big-time basketball recruits you see coming in this weekend? Yeah, they're going to have several um, on campus, and uh, you know they got four official visits and um, multiple other unofficial visitors. Um, Frank Anselm and uh, Will uh, Breedenbach, two 2021 four-star kids. Um, they kind of highlight the group. They're coming on official visits, uh, and then also uh, they have you know three-star. Kid who was temporarily a, um, a four-star at one point. He got dropped down Jordan Nesbitt. He's a guard. And then a kid named uh, Tibet Gorner, who is from Turkey, three-point specialist. So those are your four official visitors. And like I said, multiple other unofficials. So uh, they're taking full advantage of this weekend, just like football is. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, taking your questions in the mailbag with Grace Harmon. All right, do you guys foresee Jakeem Green playing on defensive line this week? And if so, how big of a role would he have? Gosh, I'd be surprised. I mean, if he was that good, they weren't going to redshirt him. And I think that group of six has played so well. There would have to be an injury, in my opinion, um, just to thrust him in there or a clear sign of this D-line getting tired. Um, but it would kind of come as a surprise to me if they would just thrust him out there in his first college game against Ohio State. Yeah, I agree. But listening to Tony Tuioti this week, uh, he made it seem like he was uh, that Keem was really, really, really close to seeing the field. And, you know, you got four games to use him. This is probably one that you'd want all hands deck, particularly a guy that we thought could potentially push for a starting job uh, the day he set foot on campus. So um, if he does play, Tuioti made it clear they're going to try and get him in early uh, and get his feet wet right away. So I don't know how they're going to do that. I agree with you, Sean. I don't know if you mess with a good thing. Um, They've got a pretty good established rotation with that defensive line. Um, So to just kind of throw in a wrench in a game of this magnitude, that's risky. But if he's that good of a player, um, you know, anything anything you can do to help uh, increase your chances, I'd do it. Oh, yeah. I think obviously he's that type of guy. That's why they wanted to get him. That's why they wanted to keep him. Um, and I feel like if, you, if you're going to play him, this would be one of those weeks that you'd want to want to bring him out, uh, right? And I think that uh, it would make sense if he does play. It would make sense to, to get him in there early to see what he can give you. You know, if it's not working out, then you can, you can you know, put him back on the bench or whatever. But um, I feel like Nebraska uh, probably was looking at him when he arrived and said, okay, well, if we can get this guy ready to play against Ohio State, and if he can give us something, he can, you know, spell anybody along that defensive line just for a little bit. 
um, that would be that would be an added bonus. And so I would not be surprised at all if he at least sees the field uh, a little bit this this weekend. All right. So through four games, what grade would you give Cam Jurgens? Uh, I mean, probably a a C. I mean, I, I think it'd be hard to go any higher. I mean, he I think he's improved a lot. I know he started blocking really well as that game went on against Illinois and did a nice job. But so many people have looked at that first game and the snap issues. And I know he had some snap issues um, the week before a little bit in other games as well, but I still think he's been solid and I I think he is their best option. Yeah. I don't know if there's much of a question about that assuming he can get the snapping under control, which uh, you know, the previous two games before Illinois, he'd done a much better job that some of those problems came back not literally to the degree like they were, um, you know, in the opener, certainly, but um, you know, he's still very much a work in progress. People got to keep in mind he's only been playing this position for less than a full calendar year. So uh, he's got a lot of growing to do, and each and every snap and game he plays uh, is going to make him better. And so, you know, right now I, I think Sean is fair. I, I'd probably go with a C as well. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of room for improvement even even through the rest of the season. Yeah, I can't argue with a C. That's probably what I would go with. But I think the encouraging thing is that he has improved and, and uh, is starting to look more and more comfortable. And, and um, you know, and I think that the more he sees and the more he experiences, the, the better that he's going to get. And so, um, you know, I, I think that we're going to see, um, you know, him continue to take steps forward throughout the season. We got time for about two more, Grace. What do you have? All right. Well, do you think the staff has been purposefully limiting what Adrian Martinez can do in the run game or what does his hesitancy come from? No, I <laughs> <laughs> say that three times fast. Whoa, that's a word. <laughs> um, no, they're not. I mean, Nebraska's not good enough to be like, we're going to hold this back. Or we're going to limit this. I mean, they have to do what they have to do to win games right now. Uh, the, the line and the margin of error is not much. Um, I just think a lot of it is the feel. And when Illinois' defense started getting tired, um, you know, they ran, Nebraska ran 52 plays in the second half, 46 in the first half. I mean, that is a ton of plays. I think that was when they recognized this is when we do it because they're not going to be able to arm tackle Adrian and he broke through arm tackles and so a lot of it's just the rhythm and the feel of the offense. Well and I think it's with Adrian too. Scott Frost mentioned that on Monday was uh, Adrian was running with some actual decisiveness and he decided I'm going to keep it and he ran. He wasn't you know debating whether he should hand it off or if he should scramble or whatever it is. When he saw Lane he hit the hole and he hit it hard and that's how he run through arm tackles and get those yards after contact which what he was so good at at the end of last year so um, I imagine that's going to continue and it needs to Uh, you remember back to last year he ran the ball like 20 times for uh, 70 some yards and a couple touchdowns against Ohio State so he was a big part of their running game so uh, you know he's as important as the of a piece as there is on this offense and they need him in every phase to be to be on it yeah there's no way that they're they're telling him not to run or they're holding him back you know they might obviously limit or, or pay attention to how many carries he's he's getting throughout a game but they need to have him uh, running and and I think that with Adrian too I think that once he gets going in the run game I, I feel like he kind of settles down and and everything kind of gets into a rhythm as far as passing and everything else too so um, I, I think that that's going to continue that they, they need it to continue throughout the season to uh, uh, have Adrian uh, use his feet all right final question Grace what do you have all right well I'm a little bit younger than you guys and I can't quite remember the last time college game day was in Lincoln Do you guys have any specific memories from game day in general well, I'm a lot older than you, and I can remember the first times uh, they ever came to Lincoln. Um, UCLA game, uh, it was the second year of college game day, the very first 
year. They only did one game. And then Nebraska-UCLA was an early non-conference game. J.J. Stokes, you guys remember J.J. Stokes? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. He was their star receiver in Nebraska in 94. Um, you know, played them in Lincoln here. And um, what was interesting about game day was it wasn't Kirk Herbstreit back then. It was um, Craig James. Craig mm. James was the initial ex-player with Corso. And then James got kind of greedy and wanted more money. And then he left to go to CBS. And then that opened the door for a kind of an unknown guy by the name of Kirk Herbstreit. And he launched his career, obviously, as we know, uh, once Craig James left college game day. <laughs> but there's been some memories. I mean, the uh, the 07 USC game, uh, granted it was a bad loss for Nebraska, but uh, I, I know at the time that was the record crowd for college game day. Um, I think it was at least 16,000, if not more, right. that were inside Memorial Stadium. Um, then I think the next week somebody else broke it. But, you know, Nebraska had a huge crowd that year, um, and it was a, a record crowd for uh, college game day. Yeah, so I never like went to a game day any of the time they were here. Uh, but a friend, of, a whole couple of my college roommates reminded me of the 2001 Oklahoma Nebraska game when they were here. Uh, <laughs> and there's a picture of Lee Corso down in the, the North Bottoms at a house party riding a mechanical bull <laughs> with a red like uh, clown afro wig and a bunch of like nebraska students cheering him on slugging beers and so um that definitely has to go but that was after the game too so like he went out after nebraska won and <laughs> was out there partying to the north bottoms with a bunch of there was a kids. time so, though where herb street would go around him like you'd see him out at the bar so yeah. I, i'm not sure he does that anymore i don't think you can do that anymore. that was the the mechanical bull was at my brother-in-law's house in the <laughs> north bottoms, actually so um, yeah, there's a little bit of a connection there, I guess. That's classic. Yeah, absolutely. And you told me you had no stories, well, Nate. <laughs> I forgot about that. But yeah, I mean, in 2007, I was working at Nebraska and I was driving to Omaha to pick recruits up at the airport. So, yeah, I mean, I missed like the entire deal, basically, um, you know, in traffic or whatever. So I don't really have any recollection of, of what that was like um, that day. But and then in 2001, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was, I didn't have tickets to the game because they were all sold out, and not every student had the opportunity to have tickets. And so I was tailgating elsewhere, partaking <laughs> in other activities. You remember parts of the game? Yeah, parts of the game. In 2001, you had Notre Dame and Oklahoma both at home, and student ticket like no freshman got tickets yeah. that year. Well, there was a lottery. Yeah, and if you, you won like a lottery, games. you got you got three game package. Yep. And I didn't win the lottery. And you could sell your student tickets back then and validate them. So a lot of students were making big money, on, money. on the tickets back then because the stadium wasn't quite as big as it is now either. But anyway, it should be an exciting weekend. Um, when we come back, Nate's going to fill us in on all the recruits coming in as at least 11 official visitors expected to be in town. We'll get all that next year. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I think it's great timing with all the official visitors we have coming in. They're going to get to see a, a show, get to see what Memorial Stadium in Lincoln looks like on a big game day. I think it's good timing. I know the fans are going to turn out. Fans are here are always great. They're the best in the country. We need them to be at their very best this Saturday uh, and at game day. I, I expect as many years as it's been since game day has been here, I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see us set or set some kind of record for attendance at game day and uh, that's just what you expect out of Nebraska fan. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus says uh, we're going to talk some recruiting but this segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by Coogler Vision. 
uh, to get all your LASIK correction uh, done. And Nate, you've had a big week with Kugler Vision. I have had a big week with Kugler Vision. I uh, went in for LASIK on Monday and, uh, you know, something that I'd been kind of putting off and, and not dealing with. I guess I'm just stubborn when it comes to doctors uh, in general for a very long time. I hadn't been to an eye doctor for close to 20 years. And, um, and, and you know, part of it was because I, I didn't want to go through the hassle of everything. And the thing I was most impressed with, or one of the things I've been most impressed with, with the folks at Kugler Vision is just how easy they made it to, to go through there. The process was uh, extremely <laughs> easy. Um, and and you, you kind of, you, you get a sense for how professional they are are first class all the way and uh, I can't could not be happier with uh, with how the LASIK turned out all right well let's talk some recruiting here now Nate uh, Nebraska was able to pick up a commit late last week Henry Gray we didn't get a chance to visit about him last week on the show four-star defensive back out of Miami Florida I think this one caught a lot of folks by surprise um, as we kind of set the stage for what's a big recruiting weekend, that, that was a nice coup last week. Yeah, they're, they're kind of on a roll right now. Henry Gray was a, somewhat of a surprise visitor lead, you know, heading into the Northern Illinois weekend. And, and uh, you know, their start all of a sudden after the weekend, uh, there was some chatter that, that he, you know, really liked the trip uh, and that his mom really liked it and that he could be, you know, maybe getting near a decision. Uh, but he was still set to visit Florida. Well, then all of a sudden on Thursday or Wednesday night or, or Thursday, he canceled the Florida official visit and then went ahead and, and made things official with uh, announcing his commitment to Nebraska. And, I mean, that's a big-time pickup. He's a 6'1", 185-pound corner that could play safety or nickel uh, from Miami Edison High School. Former Miami commit had offers. You know, he's got 25-plus offers from teams like Alabama and Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, I mean, you name it, he he's, he's, was being recruited by them. And so, um, you know, that was a, a big time addition in the, in the secondary for Travis Fisher right there. And now, Nate, Nebraska with around 11 official visitors. I know that number can change daily, uh, but that's about the number they expect to be on campus for this game against Ohio State. It's a night game that gives the coaches plenty of time on Saturday to maybe interact and spend some time. I know they're, they do a brunch now on the top of the College of Business on the roof. It's going to overlook the set of college game day. So they're going to have a really, really nice weekend for you know as many visitors really as you could host. Yeah, and, and that's the key right there is I think that it would be really easy to get carried away and want to bring in as many guys as you possibly could. But there's a fine line. There's a, somewhat of a balancing act. You know, you, you want to bring in uh, your most important guys and, and guys that, that you only have maybe this window to bring in. Um, but not too many of them because there's a, you know, the fine line between um, spending, you know, and having that, as much time as you, as you can to spend with those guys and their families, most importantly. So, um, you know, at 11 is a pretty good number. I don't think you would ever see more than 15 during a, during a home game weekend, but the atmosphere is going to be unreal. And, uh, and I think that that alone is, is going to really impress a lot of these kids, most of whom have never been to the Midwest, never been to Nebraska. They're coming from uh, Georgia, Florida, California. I mean, they're coming from all corners of the country in for this weekend. And, um, you know, and on top of the 11 official visitors, you're going to have a, a ton of unofficial visitors, a lot of 500-mile radius type of guys, key 500-mile radius type of guys. Um, you know, so I, I think that uh, this uh, is probably the, the biggest recruiting weekend that we've seen on, in a very, very long time. Yeah, it's hard to say the best ever because there's been a lot of good ones, Nate. Yeah. I mean, you've been around them all. And, you know, 
I know people, is it the biggest? No, I don't. We don't. It's, it's kind of one of those things you won't know until years later yeah. when you see how good the guys are that were here. Yeah, and how they pan out, right? You can have you can have a, a great star-studded official visit weekend and, and land a bunch of those guys, but um, you know, if they after five years, if none of them panned out, or if a lot of those guys don't finish their uh, their eligibility in the program, then then what did it really mean? So uh, you know, I, but I do think that we're going to be able to look back at this weekend and, and say, okay, that was that was a key visitor weekend. I think that. Um, you know, there may not be a, a bunch of commitments that come right away, uh, but that, that really isn't the norm anymore. I don't, you, you don't really see a bunch of commitments that happen during the season right after or, or during the official visit. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys have a ton of options on the table. They, they have other visits scheduled, um, and a handful of them, like uh, Darian Green-Warren and, and LeVon Bunkley-Shelton out of California. I mean, they've already kind of committed to the All-American Bowl to announce their decision in January in San Antonio. And so, um, you know, so those are two guys right there that you don't necessarily uh, expect to, to have a commitment from uh, right away. But uh, bottom line is, I think that by the time signing day rolls around, there's going to be a handful of guys that end up in this class that were here this weekend. And uh, this could really kind of shape, um, you know, the, the trajectory of the class. Nate, Caden Johnson, he's I mean, there's seven, I think six or seven high value defensive targets that are going to be here. To me, he's up there with all of them because he's a guy they've invested a lot of time in. He's a Minnesota kid, uh, number one guy in Minnesota. Is yep, that right? Yep. Um, so there's a lot there that they're they're battling. Um, what do you like about Nebraska's chances right now for Caden Johnson this weekend? Well, what I like about Nebraska's chances with Caden Johnson is that um, he so he's been here one time, but it, that was that was for a brief um, group visit during spring football. You know, he was here with a seven on seven kind of training, you know, slash trainer tour. Uh, where they were hitting a bunch of schools. And so, yeah, he had some one-on-one time with the coaches and everything, but um, but that's, that visit really stood out to him. And, and, and Nebraska's been right at the, the top or, or the leader for him, I believe, um, you know, ever since that point in time. You know, Wisconsin is, is a big-time competitor here. Um, you know, you still have Ohio State and Notre Dame maybe sniffing around. They have not offered yet, but – uh, you know, that's possible that, that they could, which could kind of change things. But what I like is where Nebraska is already positioned before he has taken his official visit. Uh, he's never experienced that atmosphere in Lincoln. You know, his family has not been in Lincoln. So uh, they've not sat down with Scott Frost and with Eric Chenander and um, Javon DeWitt and everybody else. So, um, you know, that that's what you, you have to like about where they're at with Caden Johnson right now. Plus, uh, like you said, he, he's a high-value target. Uh, not only is he a 500-mile radius guy, number one guy in Minnesota, but he's an outside linebacker, 6'4", 220. Um, you know, he fits the mold of what they really, really want at that position and what they're trying to build there. And then Anthony Bratton, Nate, um, he's an Alabama commit. He's Jackson Bratton. Jackson Bratton. Yeah. Sorry, Anthony Bratton's a former Westside yeah. <laughs> basketball player. Sorry about that. Uh, Jackson Bratton, uh, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, teammate uh, of current Nebraska quarterback commit, Logan Smothers. He's an Alabama commit. I mean, first of all, is Nick Saban fired up about this weekend? Well, yeah, I mean, that's that is um, that's something that's been debated. Um, you know, what 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 does Nick Saban think about that? I mean, he's the top inside linebacker or top linebacker in general out of the state of Alabama. He's been committed to Alabama for 18 months now, and so yeah, it's going to be a tough poll, and, and it's not too often that you see. Um, you know, anybody flip uh, an Alabama kid away from Nick, Nick Saban. But, um, you know, if there's a guy that, that, you know, might have a chance to do it, it would be Scott Frost. And that's largely because, 
Um, Jackson Bratton is best friends and teammates with Logan Smothers, the Nebraska's 2020 quarterback commit, uh, who's also going to be on the trip. Their, their families are extremely close. These two kids have, have grown up with each other playing peewee football, and, um, and, and so they have the opportunity to kind of do that, play uh, their college career together. Plus, Nebraska is razor thin at inside linebacker, so Jackson Bratton could conceivably come in and, and play very early on, whereas I'm not so sure that would be the case uh, in Tuscaloosa. Well, it's going to be a big weekend, and we'll have you up to date and covered on all of it on Husker Online with the recruiting element as uh, Nate and the team will have full updates all throughout the weekend if anything happens on recruiting. So make sure you're logged on to HuskerOnline.com. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 